I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank and Trust for making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome to Scam Squad. I'm Patty Teal here as always with Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson who tells us about the latest scams that are going around, especially in Santa Barbara. Hi, Patty. Well, you know, there are so many scams coming at us these days by email and by text and by phone call. It can just be harder than ever to realize that these fraudsters are trying to steal our information and who they are. So I thought it would be a good idea to take a look at these scams and also, and this part I think is really important, to give some steps that you can take if you mistakenly respond to one of these solicitations. You know, it's so busy to respond to a solicitation or you feel like it's a warning email or a text before you have time to think, especially when you're busy. That's exactly right. Before you know it, you're clicking on a link because you don't recognize it as a possible scam. And this is a little disturbing. According to the recent Consumer Report Scam Protection Guide, here's what you need to know. First of all, let's talk a little bit about text scams. They often start with a message saying that there's a problem with your account, your Amazon, your Apple, your Netflix, maybe your bank or maybe your cell phone, or that you've won a great prize. And we've talked about all of these things before. Yeah, so they catch us by touching our emotions, either scared emotions or excited emotions, and we don't think, we just click. That's right. And these texts urge you to click immediately on a link which takes you to a web page asking for personal information, things like a password to your Netflix account or your credit card account to supposedly pay for the shipping and taxes on a prize that you've allegedly won. But this is the alarming part that I just read. About 60% of scam texts can infect your device. Wow, Vicki, that's really alarming. So that you're saying that by clicking on one of these scam calls, we have a 60% chance of having our device infected with malware? That's exactly right. And this malware can grab your personal information or at least enough of it to take over your financial accounts and your social media accounts or to steal your identity. Is there a way to spot these tech scams? Well, they say to be very careful of unsolicited, out-of-the-blue outreach messages. For example, any text that mentions fraudulent activity detected or free gift, apparently those are big red flags. Now, spelling and grammar mistakes are also red flags, but What with chat AI, we're not seeing those kinds of mistakes anymore because scammers can now use these devices to correct, auto-correct their mistakes. So I guess if you're unsure about text or a link, you just don't click on it. That's right. And what you should do instead is to contact the source that the text appeared to come from, from a number that you know is valid. And we've said this many times. For example, if your bank is supposedly contacting you, go to your bank statement or your checks to get the correct number for your bank and call that number. What if you opened a text and then realized your mistake? Apparently, simply opening the text won't put you at risk, even if you send a reply saying that you've got the wrong person. But 
here's what happens. It does tell the scammer that your number is active, so they will try again. What you should do, Patty, is forward the text to 7726. That's 7726, which is spam. And that's a way to tell your carrier that this is, in fact, a spam message. Wow, I'm going to start doing that. That's good to know. 7726. Yeah. But Vicki, what if you took it a step further? You not only opened your text, but you clicked on a link. Oh, boy. So there are several things that you have to do. Exit your browser ASAP. Get out of your browser. Delete the URL from your browsing history. That's the address. Forward the text to 7726. Block the sender. Delete the message. Disconnect from your Wi-Fi. Then, on top of all of that, take your device to a tech pro that you trust who can scan it for malware. And of course, if you did accidentally give the scammer information about one of your accounts, quickly change the password and username and notify that account. You know, Vicki, I'm going to make a list and put that in the show notes. That's a lot to do if you make that mistake to remember all those things. And of course, it's easier and better if you just remember not to click on the link. Your life will be a lot easier. But what if you unfortunately got scammed? What should you do? If you did get scammed and you figure that out, contact your bank and credit card company immediately and any other financial institution where you have accounts that the scammer might have gotten into. When you call these agencies, ask for their fraud department and follow whatever advice they give you. You're probably going to have to close your accounts, change your passwords, change your usernames, And you're still going to want to take your device to a repair shop and have them take a look at it as soon as possible so they can stop the scammer from accessing your personal data and contacts. I think I should do that anyway. I get so many things that pop up. I think it would be a good idea to have mine checked. What about contacting credit card reporting agencies? Yes, I'm glad you brought that up because that is absolutely something that you should do if you feel like you have gotten scammed. Contact the three credit reporting agencies and ask them to place a freeze on your account. Now we're talking about Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion because this will prevent the fraudster from pulling credit in your name. You just have to make sure that you save the PIN number that they will give you because if you need to lift that freeze to get credit to buy something, you will need to give them the PIN number. All the scammer needs in order to pull credit in your name is really your name, your address, and your social security number. That's not much. No, it's really not. We all know it's important to protect our social security number, but Sometimes they do get out. People do get them, whether you gave it to them or they found your card somehow. What do you do when that happens? Well, I do get phone calls from people who tell me, oh, gosh, I accidentally gave them my social security number because I thought they were maybe my bank or some other institution they do business with. If you do that, you should contact the social security office. And same thing if you think you may have given somebody your Medicare card information, contact that office also. And the last thing you should do, Patty, is to carefully monitor your bank statements and your credit card statements to make sure that nobody is using these accounts and check your credit report. Really great advice, Vicki. 
so often businesses ask for the last four of your social. Is that safe to give out? It should be because Mm -hmm. that's not going to give them all the information they need. What a scammer can do is call you up and read back to you. Oh, uh, are you so-and-so last four digits of your social being blah, 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 blah. Okay, well, I'm from your bank. And it gives them some legitimacy to continue to ask for information. But normally you are safe giving the last four numbers. So back to the advice that you just gave, if you did give out or if somebody got your social security number, again, you said to contact the social security office, contact the Medicare office, carefully monitor your bank statements and uh, credit card statements and check your credit report. That's right. Okay. So that's a lot of phone calls that you have to make if you think somebody has gotten into your accounts. I'd also like to talk about the latest phone scams, since those are also very rampant right now. These are the calls, and again, we've talked about these, that tell us we have a virus in our computer or that we owe money to a company or a government agency and that we need to pay right away. I know. We've talked about those so often. An example would be a sheriff saying you've missed jury duty and that there's a warrant out for you. That's right. And by the way, that scam is back. I'm hearing about that recently here in Santa Barbara. The scammers are a lot more sophisticated now about these calls. They can be very believable because the scammer will often give a badge number and the name of a real sheriff's officer, and they will spoof the phone number of the sheriff's department or the other agency they're claiming to be from. So it looks like it's coming from one of these agencies. And you add on top of that voice cloning. So you might hear the frantic voice of somebody that sounds just like your daughter. And again, this is the fake kidnapping scam. Ooh, it makes it really hard to spot those scams, but I imagine you have some tips. A good rule of thumb, and they can be really hard to spot. You're absolutely right. A good rule of thumb is to have caller ID. And if you see statements like scam likely, and this comes up, by the way, on my phone, scam likely or potential scam on your caller ID, hang up. But the experts say that it's best to let unsolicited calls go to voicemail. If the number is unfamiliar or it appears to be from a business or government organization or any other organization, let the call go to voicemail. Scammers don't generally leave messages. And if you do receive a message, call back from a number that you know is legitimate. And Vicki, what if you answered the call? The problem with answering the call is that it tells the scammer they have hit on a working phone number, which is going to lead to more scam calls. But more trouble is if you have a conversation with the scammer, because this will allow them to make a voice print of you for use in future scams. So the minute you think you might be on a call with a scammer, hang up and block the number. Oh, I hadn't even thought about the scammers recording you for an AI scam, but I'm sure that's happening or is going to be happening soon. What about robocalls? With robocalls, don't press any buttons or use voice commands to opt out of future calls. Just hang up. And what if you get one of those scary relative in distress calls? Those can be very scary. Ask a question that only the supposed victim would know the answer to. And if you're uncertain, call or text the alleged victim from another device. And it's really a good idea, we've talked about this before too, it's really a good idea to establish a safe word with your family. So if the scammer cannot produce the word, 
you know you can safely hang up? Oh, gosh, so much to think about, so much to remember. It's really a different day and age, isn't it? It is. What if you end up getting scammed and losing money because of one of these calls? I know that would be very unfortunate, but what would the follow-up be? Yeah, it, it's and this happens so frequently. It's really frightening. So go through the same steps that we laid out for an email fraud. Contact the financial institutions right away, right away, and tell them what happened. The sooner the better. Sometimes they can claw back some of the money that you might have lost. Go to the three credit reporting agencies, put a freeze on your credit. Also, and we've talked about this before, report to the FBI by going to ic3.gov and to the Federal Trade Commission, ftc.gov. Take your phone in and have it checked for malware. Be diligent about checking your credit cards and your bank statements, looking for any unauthorized transactions. File a report with the local police, even though they won't be able to do anything, in case you need a report to prove to the creditors that you've been defrauded. I do have some interesting information that I came across that sort of adds to this. There are companies and organizations that criminals frequently use in their scams. And the scammers use these companies so often that the companies have devised their own warnings. For example, this is from Amazon. Amazon tells us text messages or calls from Amazon never ask you for personal information or your company. So if you get a call from somebody supposedly from Amazon, they start asking for personal information, hang up. It's not Amazon. Now, Costco, apparently that's another company that scammers often use. Here's what they say. Unsolicited electronic communications from Costco do not ask for your personal information, such as username, password, credit card information, date of birth, or social security number. Never give personal information in response to an electronic communication. FedEx, same thing. FedEx does not request personal information. And finally, the Internal Revenue Service, the IRS, does not initiate contact with taxpayers by email, text, or social media challenges to request personal and financial information. So if you get some communication supposedly from one of these big companies or organizations and they start to ask for your personal information, hang up. You are dealing with a scammer. Great advice. Thank you, Vicki. All right. I do have some good news that comes with a warning. On the subject of who to trust and how people can get into your bank account, sometimes it can be somebody who is near and dear to you. This was a situation where the defendant, who has been prosecuted and convicted, so he'll be going to jail, targeted an elderly family member and started to take over some of their financial activities. And he was able to get the victim's personal identifying information, was able to gain access to their bank accounts and their credit cards. And this person set up paperless bank and credit card statements. So the victim was unable to detect fraud because the victim wasn't getting the statements. He couldn't check to see if somebody was using his account. Well, this defendant stole approximately $84,000 from the victim and left them with almost $20,000 in credit card debt. The warning is just be careful who you give your personal information to. Even somebody that's a family member that you think you should be able to trust, be very cautious. Yeah, particularly heartbreaking when someone that you love takes advantage of you that way. So that's a hard one. 
It is. Yeah. Thank you so much, Vicki. Have a great week. I can't wait to hear your warning for next week. Thank you, Patty. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.